0: in order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and, and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you. So you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that, that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about, uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like, like, Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iFanboy. iFanboy, Pick of the Week podcast, episode 182, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service and Netflix, act one. The Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 182. Got my Ira Glass out there. I just uh, had to explain that for the 95% of you who aren't NPR listeners, um, or PRI, but that's a whole thing. Anyway, I am Josh Flanagan, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron is literally at a random (laughs) place in the Atlantic Ocean right now.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. He's on the boat with his family,
0: on a Uh, Richard's family cruise. It's a cruise to nowhere. They're, I'm they're, on a cruise. I was like, he's like, Are you going north or south? He's like, I, I don't know. We just leave and then eventually come back. Um, and, and so sitting in this week is uh, iFanboy staff writer Mike Romo.
2: Hey guys. That I've never been on, Have you guys been on a cruise before?
0: I've never been on a cruise. I've also I, never I suffered just... typhoid fever, so, you know, or
1: scurvy, yeah. as far as I know.
0: I love scurvy. limes. Swine scurvy. <laughs> I know. But. What a horrible time to quarantine yourself. We are com, and that is a website all about comic books because we like them so much. We read a bunch of them every week, as as I sh- I'm sure many of you do. One of us has the job of picking the very best one that they read. They call that the pick of the week. A review goes up on a Wednesday night, and then we come here and talk about that book and other books from the week and, and other uh, stuff, ephemera, if you will, on the podcast here. Um, and and uh, yeah, I'm using big words. I used you nice. last week. Before we start the show, uh, this is about books that have come out. And we're going to talk about what happens in them so that if, if you haven't read your books, well, first of all, go read your books and then come back because <laughs> we don't want to spoil them for you. There's your warning. Uh, well this, done. This week, Connor, you had the honors, the chosen solemn duty. Right. It's the first pick of May.
1: Yes. It's <laughs> the first pick of May. And <laughs> the pick of the week was Justice Society of America 26, which is Jeff Johns' final issue on the book. And knowing this was the final issue, going into it, I... Looked up online, and he has been writing a Justice Society book for about 10 years. There's actually been eight and a half years of book, because there was a brief part in the middle where there was no book. But basically, since late 1999, he's been writing a Justice Society book. And this is a pretty momentous thing, because you don't really get 10-year runs on books anymore.
0: When is this guy going to just buckle down and commit to something, is what I
2: (laughs) want to know. Fly-by-night operation,
0: man. It's amazing to think that. I mean, and, and, yeah,
1: I sort of forgotten it. That really, I mean, it's, he's been doing this, these characters for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's incredible. He's been doing it about as long as we did iFanboy, actually. He, he started just slightly before we did. So the entire length of the time we've been around, he's been doing this book. Even though this is only number 26, before this is, the book was called JSA, and it ran for seven years almost. And then this one's run for about two and a half. Or a little more than two. So it's an amazing achievement. And you can really tell from reading this particular issue, which is just a wrap-up issue. It is a one-shot family party issue that he really loves these characters. And he's got a great affection for these characters. Especially the character of Courtney, Stargirl, who he created to honor his sister who died in a plane explosion. And you can feel it on every one of these pages that he loves and he's going to miss these characters. He said in his interview I think with Josh that we did with him on the video show that he would stay on JSA if he could. But he just feels like he's got other things to do. And... He's been on it so long, it's time to move on to something else. But he just he loves his characters. And the thing about the JSA is they are always the family team. And every team in comics gets called a family. The X-Men are a family. They're not a team, they're a family. The Teen Titans are a family. All these teams define themselves as a family of heroes. But really, the only one that really acts like it or is portrayed that way is just justice society, in my opinion, anyway where well, really, is the fantastic four though I mean right but they, that's they are family first and a team second whereas they, the other teams are team first and then a family second
0: <laughs> also uh, no one talks about the fantastic four yeah. <laughs> yeah that book that book can't catch a spark in a California forest in the middle of October like that. right nothing nothing. So in this issue we have the, the
1: previous storyline was Black Adam attacking the team and apparently during that time Courtney Stargirl, her birthday passed but they were in the middle of fighting for their lives so they didn't actually stop to celebrate it. So here the team throws her a surprise birthday party and it's basically just a big party at the house where you get lots of character stuff and John's just to put his final stamp on all these people and their relationships and just do the great character stuff that he's so known for and, and just in a quiet setting without any punching without any violence, without anything other than ice cream and hijinks and and cake, and, you know, just good stuff. It's just good relationship stuff all throughout this. He really got to say his final word on all these characters, and the importance of the specific ones, and throughout the ten years, Courtney's started off as an, as the new hero. She's a teenager. She's got braces. She was um, a legacy character from the old Starman, and by the end of the run, by the, f- through, by the end of this ten years, she has really become one of the major pillars of the team. She is the, one of the veterans, even though she's a teenager, and that was really shown in this issue where there's a shot of Alan Scott and Wildcat and Jay Garrick you know embracing her and calling her a veteran. and that's really, those, those are the three guys that are basically the justice society, so putting her in, literally in their circle puts her as one of the four most important people on the team. and he's really, that's really been his focus through these 10 years, and he really did a good job of that. And he really got a good sense of that that she's really important, especially to the younger heroes that are her age or possibly even older, still look up to her as the person on the team to mentor them and to teach them. and they,
0: presenter her with a nice gift. Let me ask you a question about that gift. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> portrait of the team, it, all the younger people on the team. And in it, Courtney is uh, obscured, which is No, she's,
1: she's not actually in it. That's a billboard with her on it.
0: Yeah, it's a billboard oh, behind her. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes much more sense. Okay. Yeah. there's no standing confusing. in front of her billboard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Because I was like, why? I was like, oh, are they trying to say something to me by covering her face <laughs> yeah. up?
2: It's like the, the Beatles album. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. Is Paul dead? Thing, yeah. Does
0: she have shoes on? I can't tell.
2: <laughs> uh, one thing that I thought, Connor, I totally uh, agree with you. I also thought Dale Eagleshams art was the same type of emotionality behind it, uh, behind the writing as well. They both care about these characters a lot. I thought the art was just terrific. Yes. Um, these two-page spreads, so much detail. Like I. Can't imagine having to draw this much, this many characters. It's just that. gorgeous. You know, it's so much.
1: It takes more work than people realize to do all team books with tons of characters, and it's it's amazing what he's been able to do. He's 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 really made a name for himself for this book, and he'll be moving on to the aforementioned Fantastic Four team, where he will yeah. die in obscurity. Um, <laughs> there's a, I mentioned in my my fanboy review that there's a certain amount of hokiness that inherently goes along with a team full of World War II veterans that are still alive and fighting. And teamers. And with teenagers, and, and they have that sort of vibe to it, and you have to really either buy into that vibe or not. And if you don't buy into that ho- hokey vibe, you're probably not going to like the book, and that's just, that's just the way it is. But if you do buy into it, I think there's lots of good stuff. And the issue ends where Courtney's always had these braces, and they say, well, she's going to go get them off now. She's got a dentist appointment to f- finally take them off. And when the team finds out about it, they all want to go to witness it, much, so funny. Much, to her, much to her embarrassment, and they all end up crammed into the dentist's office, operating room whatever the hell the dentist call that room which I, I <laughs> the so dentist know. chair
2: I can, that was uh, hilarious i laughed out loud when i saw that and it's I and it's so everybody.
1: and it's ridiculous and it's <laughs> silly but it's part of the charm of the justice society and i laughed too and it was it was a nice sweet page that they, they care about her so much yeah. but they yeah. want to be there for her momentous occasion which actually doesn't happen
0: they because would, they would not have fit into the room where they they do this <laughs> they do my work I'm, I'm sure of it also why did starman shave off his beard ...for that particular part. He drew the
1: beard kind of oddly throughout the whole issue where the it's there, but it's full not. Beard.
0: Now he's just a bushy mustache. This
2: is totally... I don't care about that, by the way.
1: Starman made me laugh him three or four times. It so funny. In yeah. the yeah. laundry room.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I actually got goosebumps at the end of this. Like, straight up. I, this book, by far, when Starman says thanks, and who are you talking to, Starman? And, and he says, everyone... I, I really, I was just, I was so touched by it. I felt like a lot of the t- things I've been thinking about comics have been that long-term relationship that you have with them. And this really was like a really nice goodbye. And it really sort of summed everything up, that long relationship we've all had with this book. It's now done, you know. And from our family to yours, thanks for reading. I thought it was a really classy way to end the book.
1: Mm-hmm. It really was. And it, it really is a personal book for Jeff Johns. And that's what yeah. made me more special. And you got even more of the sense, it's not like somebody just leaving a book and they say goodbye not only the family connection that he had with the characters and with Courtney, but you just felt like it was a family book for him, and it was really important. It was more important than other books. So, you really did get that goosebump moment at the end.
2: Um, who's who's on this book next, or I mean, it's still Bill, going on, right? Bill
0: Willingham and Matt Sturgis. There's a fill-in arc oh.
1: by Ordway, I believe, and then interesting. And then Willingham and Sturgis take over. Who I still don't know who the art team is. Does anybody know who the uh, art team is?
0: I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if they've announced it or not. They hadn't when I talk to him but i don't know for the reason somebody but, will mention in the comments so go there
1: i'll give it i'll give it a chance i'm gonna read the Ordway because i like ordway and then i'm gonna give willingham and sturgis a chance because i like the characters and i think willingham and sturgis are both good writers so yeah mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes and then if if i don't like it i won't continue to buy it but
0: i, I would tell you this what? this is probably not a good jump on point this this <laughs> issue this issue specifically <laughs> I, I was thinking about it like way <laughs> This isn't going to mean a damn thing to anybody because it's funny cuz Connor you've been reading JSA for most of this time. Yes. And I, you know I've been reading just this volume I suppose. And so Me too. I, I think I had less connection to it than like you know like Connor would or somebody's been reading that for a long time or you know, just Johns for specifically cuz it's been so long but it, it really I th- I read it again like the first time sometimes you're not in the mood for we'll call it sentimentality. But like the second time I read it, I was like, "It's really sweet. It's innocent. It sort of harkens back to a different time." And so we're, you know, it's good. You're a grump. Nah. Well, I did have to go to the dentist this week, and so referring <laughs> to that never helps. It hit home. You didn't want to have to go to the dentist in your comic books. Yeah.
1: You lived up to the billing, so that was that was really nice to see. It's really hard uh, to do
0: something like that.
1: So. Finale's in TV and comics. Anything where you were there for a long time with characters for a long time is always tough to live up to the end, because. And it's not even—it's not the end of the book. It's just
2: the end of his run on the book. Right. But there were so many great pieces of humor. The uh, seeing Green Lantern in the birthday hat. Uh, there were just so many little shots there that I thought were just so clever. And when they sang Happy Birthday, they just did the notes. I thought this book was just awesome.
1: It, it harkened it, it, back to way in the back in the beginning, the Pancake Breakfast issue, which I really liked back then. The uh, with the firemen, which was nice. Oh yeah! 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 He does those good. Josh, you really liked G.I. Joe Origins number three, which I'm excited about.
0: I got to tell you that I I have not been able to track down the issues of the actual main G.I. Joe title, so the only thing I'm reading is Origins and Cobra, and every time I get to the end of one of these, I'm like, man, that's that's surprisingly good. It's almost too bad that it has to be called a G.I. Joe book because of the stigma, I guess, that goes along with being named after a toy line. Right. Um, But... I just, whatever the last G.I. Joe Cobra was, I read last week because I, I couldn't find it. And then this week I read G.I. Joe Origins. This one was fantastic. And it also it was very involved with the G.I. Joe that we know, as opposed to the Cobra book, which, you know, almost doesn't seem attached. This one right. brings in a bunch of the characters. It was just fun. Rock and roll's a lech. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Stalker's a, a kind of a jerk, badass. And we can't call him Roadblock, but that's. No, can we? Is he Roadblock in this or is he Heavy Duty? He's heavy duty in this. Oh, he's crazy. road. He's he's always roadblock. it's weak. It's you're right. So I'm gonna try to always imagine that he's a roadblock and like and I really I love the bits with Snake Eyes and the and the sword and the veteran and, and just like I wanted to sit there and listen to basically it's they get the team together. You get introduced to everybody. They're going on some mission to go meet these chimera who I assume will have something to do with Cobra at some point, in the middle of the desert. And Snake Eyes is still all bandaged up and theoretically in some sort of bad shape. It's just great. It's like a bunch of G.I. Joe characters, and they were all, I don't want to say reimagined, but they're refreshed. Um, right. It was just, and it was like a good sort of start of an action movie. It was also really militarily tactical. I really liked all of the... If it was very specific. It Like, these people are in the military. It's not silly. He's like... Uh, Hama is trying to. This is the same thing he did in the old GI Joe series, is that he rooted them as being part of the military. So this feels at least somewhat authentic and realistic in that way.
1: It's the touch you get from him because he's mm-hmm. he's a veteran himself from Vietnam, so he he knows this stuff at least you know partially or whatever his expertise was in the war. Mm-hmm. But you know you, you get an authentic feel when he writes the book that you don't get with other people.
2: Yep, and this would have been my pick of the week. Wow. Really? They, oh, see, it was so much fun to read. I just, you know what, I got, I got distracted by the art, I gotta say. I like the writing a lot, but there were some panels that were just I just felt like they were rushed. And, and why is Scarlett always so angry in every frame she's glaring at somebody? It's
0: because somebody's just, hitting on her in every frame. It's true. She's <laughs> really sick of that shit. And, while, and like, while the dialogue may not necessarily see it, or you may not be able to see it in the panel, somebody off panel is just like staring at her butt or her boobs. Yeah, exactly. And she's pissed exactly. off and she's trying to hold back because she could kick their ass. Yeah. I, I, I have this to say about the art. I actually end up liking it. It becomes I like it a little more and more. I think the right. coloring actually is almost the more... The coloring's not quite as... Smooth, I think, as, as a lot of us are used to. It looks a little uh, slightly less accomplished, we'll call it. And just so, sort of the way that some of the tones are done. I, I like the art enough, but I think that storytelling-wise, it really got the job done. And I know that yes. like, I talk like that a lot, but more and more as I go on, as long as the pictures are telling me what I need, you know, then I'm, I'm cool with it. You know. It, but if, if it's bad storytelling and you don't know what's going on, then you're taken out of it immediately. Having it be a style that I really, really like is icing on the cake, I guess. But it was written so well that I honestly I didn't really notice it.
2: Fair enough. He, I guess he's doing his own coloring. It just, it just looks so Photoshoppy cell, cell shaded. Oh, that's the coloring. uh, Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's just for me, I like a little bit more gritty coloring. But you know, it it Uh, works. To be fair, I've had enough of the gritty coloring
0: with um, (laughs) with Marvel. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Actually, I
1: think think I think it works from an art standpoint. It's a little rough, but I think that works for the story. The story's a little rough. Mm -hmm. It's not too cartoony. I really think that's the biggest fault of the main book is the art's really cartoony and it doesn't really fit. The G.I. Joe Origins and G.I. Joe Cobra are both really gritty books with gritty art to them. And uh, it makes this main book seem sillier by comparison, which it may not be necessarily. But just from the artistic standpoint,
2: it looks like that. Are these plots at all covering? Like, are they all related or are they just completely three different storylines? I can't imagine they're not related in some way, but at least... That they but they're not.
0: Contra- they won't contradict each other. I don't know if they'll necessarily tie into one major story later, but I'm guessing that they're still trying to build a, a coherent continuity from well, from now.
1: Well, the, the main book is, is the main story: G.I. Joe versus Cobra. All of a sudden, figured out who Cobra is. G.I. Joe, Cobra. The book is a side story with Chuckles trying to infiltrate Cobra. So it's parallel to the main book, but it doesn't. It's, it's just it's just following the one guy, mm-hmm. and it's not. It doesn't really cross over. This origins t- tells you how you get to the point of G.I. Joe number one, who these characters were, how the team was built, sort of putting a realistic stamp on gathering this team of commandos or whatever you want to call G.I. Joe. They're all in conjunction, but none of them are really dependent on one another so far. You can, you can read them all separately and not have to worry about any other books. Mm, cool. If you read them all, it's great, but if you're not, you don't necessarily
0: need to. Yeah, I'm not reading the main books, so I don't know the difference. I think that Ron is most going to be upset about having to not discuss what is one of his favorite darlings of the of the comic book world, which is a phonogram singles club number two. The the much delayed issue, but it, it strikes with the occult fan ferocity. I didn't buy it.
2: What about you? I kind of loved this. I gotta yeah, say, I, I, <laughs> at first I was like, because uh, I, I I dropped the original phonogram. I know, I know, but I just sort of lost interest. And so, but I was kind of interested in picking this up. And at first I was kind of like, oh, just more talking in a club. But then it all came together at the end, and it was I I, I thought it was great. I didn't even know how to describe it. It was almost like he was living a memory of times previous. Is that what you got from it, Connor? Yeah. Like, well, the yes. The whole concept of
1: this book is going to be different stories set at this club. So every story is going to be people at this club having whatever story. And last time we had the two girls at the club. And this time we have a guy, the guy they were referencing in the first story shows up. And he is sort of heartbroken. And what we get here is, as Mike said, he's basically living his old memories at the club with his ex-girlfriend. So she's sort of there, but not. He's sort of having a... It's not like he's just sitting there remembering. He's sort of actively living them. And seeing them, you don't even really—I mean, there are supernatural elements to it. There's some sort of curse going on here, but if you take that away, I thought it was a really nice portrayal of living through heartbreak. You know, re- being in a place that recalls all these memories of your ex, and yeah. sort of having to experience them over and over again. And other people—people people try to talk to you, but you can't. You don't really care because you're in the midst of this remembrance and you don't you know the other girls try to flirt with you and dance with you and you're just not into it because you can see your ex standing behind them as sort of in a sort of ghostly form and it was a really nice portrayal of that you don't even need the curse you don't even need the supernatural stuff but really totally i mean we've all been there i'm assuming i have where you just sort of like at a place that was so special to you with somebody and you're just like oh and you can't not be filled with the memories this was sort of what that was it was a really nice portrayal in the art from jamie mckelvie was just beautiful
2: Absolutely gorgeous. There's a great sequence where they're getting together and he's, he's remembering together, getting together with this girl and she's having a conversation with him while this memory is happening. It's like three things almost going on at once and I just thought it was so elegantly done. The art was gorgeous and the coloring was beautiful. He's really. an incapable of drawing a girl that I will not fall in love with on the page. Totally. I was looking down her shirt too. <laughs> uh, it, it, there was a, it was amazing. Like How did, how did he know? Uh. Yeah, all of these girls are the ones that I always uh, never got the nerve uh, to talk to in college, basically.
1: Yeah. I and mean, even the worst thing is we were talking to somebody about this who knows Jamie and said all these girls are real. He just draws this. Really? One. And I was like, I hate you, Jamie McKelvey. Wow.
2: I think worth picking up, you know, I didn't pick up issue number one and I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Well, because these, grew-
1: these are all sort of one-shots. They're, they're yeah. loosely related, but you can read them and not. It's not. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the singles club. It's a series of single issues. So. Okay. You don't have to worry about a continuing story, even though they're loosely related. You can enjoy them as, as a one-shot issue, but you can also go back and pick them up if you like the story.
2: And if, and if anybody is sort of concerned about the whole magic thing type of thing, it really is sort of, such a – at least in this issue, it's a completely side affair. It's, this is basically just a nice sort of – almost like a song about being in a relationship. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I don't think you even need to think about the magic or anything like that. Not that it's most very people have a problem, problem. with that. to read comics.
1: No, but it was well, very it's subtly just, done, and it wasn't yeah. a, wasn't really important to the story as it was to what was happening to the people.
2: Frankly, the magic stuff just confused me in the other issues. I just I just didn't really understand it, and I just kind of got irritated with it. So for me, this is almost like a tone poem on just old relationships, and I thought it was really, but really gorgeous. It's, it's,
1: it, I think they've streamlined it more. And yeah. It was really hitting you over the head with the magic last time. This is more it's subtle in the background, which is nice yeah. for me anyway. And I just spilled water myself, so that's awesome.
0: You were <laughs> or I missed my mouth. I don't know how that happened. On the, what I would say is the polar opposite of the spectrum. Of Pretty much. Books, we wanted to mention Nova number 24. Abnet Landing again. I know we've talked about Nova a lot at this point. I get that. This <laughs> is full on in the in the War of Kings, you know, the the Char fighting and the Nova Corps going on. And, and basically, if you've been reading this all along, now, Mike, you pick this up, right?
2: Yeah, I did pick it up, but and I, I will say, like, when I first started reading, I, I saw all these people flying to go have a big battle, and I felt like it was the beginning sequence of uh, Star Wars Episode Three, when it was just like chaos, and I'm like, I'm going to read this later. <laughs> but uh, when, but when I did read it later, I really I I actually really got into it. I, I really I really enjoyed the pacing, I like the art and uh, I like the stakes. I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys because you guys are more you have more of a connection with these characters. But I felt I was able to actually jump on even though this is obviously sort of close to the end of an arc.
0: Well, let me give you the quick catch up. Yeah. In Annihilation, all of the Novas, their planet, everything about them were completely destroyed, and Richard Rider, the, the Nova we've always known from Earth, had right. all of that inside him, including the World yep. Mine, who's the supercomputer, if you will, that, that holds all that. A bunch of stuff happened, that's the most of most of the series so far. And the World Mine secretly started putting together a new Nova Corps. And in doing so, they established their home base as is Ego the Living Planet, who had been basically lobotomized? He wasn't there. It was just they were just using the real estate. They kick Richard Ryder out, and he's because with the excuse that the, the power of the Nova Corps drove him insane. But everything's yeah, Did he can become parallax. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, no, <laughs> he became he becomes in this year, he becomes Quasar. Oh, right. So, this big I mean, Quasar in Marvel Cosmic is a big deal. Like, it's, he's right up there, you know. And in this one, basically, everything seemed kind of off. And the new Nova Corps all go to take care of some of the, the Shi'ar invasion forces, and they're going to save a planet. And then the Centurion, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, who many of you will remember from X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, yes. They show up, and they just they wreck house. They clean everybody up in the Nova Corps, and the Nova Corps gets completely decimated.
2: He even did a, he did a Black Adam where he flew through that other dude. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like a countdown. I love that. I, and I, so just I love when that. you
0: thought there was going to be this really strong Nova Corps, and this is one thing that this book keeps yeah. doing, is that they'll it. Pulls the rug out from under you. Every time, they'll set in it. You Because you read the first, like, 12, right, Connor? I read the
1: first year and the first hardcover, so, yeah. So,
0: like, two or three issues in, you think, oh, wow, Rich is down, and there's going to be a new one. And then as soon as you think that that's going to be the status quo, that rug gets yanked out. And the same thing is happening here. Like, all right, here's the new... T- oh, they're screwed. Like, and yep. that keeps right, happening. Right, right, right. And that's what makes fun Marvel comics to me. And, of course, at the end, there's a big reveal with Ego the Living Planet. Apparently, when you have a planet-sized cosmic intelligence, you shouldn't just count the fact that he's gone. And so it sets you up to want to know what's going to happen next issue. And it's just been more of the same in such a good way. So this is the
1: end of year two. Yes. Right,
2: so come on, hardcover. Yeah. It was great. Uh, I I like the idea that even though, you know, you get these powers and you're part of this Nova Corps, you might not actually be any good at fighting with these powers, you know, like she was having a real hard time with it. She it was there was this panic. And uh, there was that even though this is super spacey and really out there, there was this sort of good emotional truth to it that I, I thought was really engaging. That was one of my favorite sequences is when she just doesn't really know what to do in this big battle.
0: That's one of the one of the Nova, new Nova recruits, and they all get put into, you know, like the, the world mind just says, all right, you're you're on support, you're fighting, you're this, you're that, and so the one girl gets put into into fighting. And excuse me, sir, what does that mean? Yeah. No, no, you go fight. Oh. okay. That's <laughs> something
1: that's been dealing with lately in comics more than you used to, where people used to be people just got their powers and they were they were off, and now mm-hmm. you know you see a lot of stories where people get their powers and they're like, wait a minute, I don't know how to fly.
2: Off you go. And that's
1: and I like that. Fair it's look. a nice touch because it you know it's like the greatest American hero. You get your flying ability. and Who knows how to actually fly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or fly well? And they're doing they're doing with that in Superman a bit, where Superman okay, definitely all the Kryptonians have their powers, but they don't really know how to use them like Superman does. So that's
2: I was excited about this book when I walked into my comic book shop. The owner had just finished this issue, and he and he was he actually said out loud, "Oh wow! It was like that. <laughs> and Every was like, issue is yeah. like that. Ooh, that's awesome! That's good writing." I mean, it, just, it makes you want to keep reading, and, that, and that's the trick, it, to be able to deliver a story that is fulfilling and interesting through those 22 pages or whatever, but then leaving you wanting more at the very end. I mean, that's, that's great writing. It's well, awesome. I think
0: what I like about it, and we talk about it in sort of – it's almost like a throwback-y kind of book, is that yeah. it, it, like reading it in issues is actually incredibly satisfying. Like, It's a great issue read. I'm sure it was a great trade read as well, yep. but uh, it works both ways, and, and that, that's, yeah. that's a skill.
2: You get rewarded for going with issues, and that is not always the case. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if you think you might want to buy Nova, and you, you've never
1: tried it, and you think, now that sounds like a good book, you can go to Discount Comic Book Service, because they've got monthly specials of 75% off, with 40% off major publishers, and a flat shipping rate of 5.95 95 for all U.S. orders. You can buy anything in previews, and they have over 5,400 paperbacks in stock and available for order. And you can track your orders online when you go to dcbservice.com.
0: Do any of you know what a Geordie accent actually sounds like? I all tried right. to do it when I was reading this book out loud. <laughs> it is the strangest accent of all time.
2: Okay, English-speaking accent. Can you do I'll it?
0: Can you, can you do it? I can't. It's a weird yeah. accent. I thought it
2: was Scottish for a second. But, no, in, but then they were...
0: Yeah, I did too. It, it's uh, it's, uh, it's from Newcastle. You know, the, only thing that, the only place I've ever really heard it is I've watched I'm Alan Partridge. right, Um, which is a British TV show and and like his sidekicky characters from Newfoundland and it's a ridiculous accent. I'm talking about Battlefield's The Tankies, number one of three. This would be the start of the third Garth Ennis World War II series. Once again, taking us to areas that we don't necessarily hear as much about when it concerns World War II stories. And this is with a British tank regiment in the days following the Normandy invasion as they're trying to sort out how to get from the beaches to an inland push, which was a lot more of a challenge than they thought it was going to be.
1: I I really like this, but I think there's two things going against this book, or this particular mini, compared to the other two. One, the dialogue from the majority was difficult.
0: Yes, it was. And it slows you down.
1: Yep. And two, the strength of the first two minis was that you immediately got hooked in on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now, we're still... I mean, it, it, again, I really enjoyed it, but right now we're still sort of apart from the characters. We don't really know much about them, or much reason to care about them. And you, you this, don't really. This, know one, this t- one is more about the tactics and the battle, yeah, and sure. the situation than it is the characters, which is fine. It's just a different kind of story. And the great thing about doing a bunch of different minis is he's going to be able to tell different kinds of story. Which the Night Witches was about these specific pilots, and uh, Dear Billy was about the one specific nurse, and this is a more of a wider wider lens a group of people and the thing
0: is you're very right because we don't know exactly who we're supposed to be paying attention to yet I think because you're right there's not like a person who you go okay I'm with this character which I think happened a little bit in the beginning of the night witches
2: like we were because there was a few different things going on it was a squadron and this is a tank group there's actually two people that you're two groups that you're tracking so Mm -hmm. for me it feels like this would be I almost kind of want this to be longer than three issues because I personally l- really love this because mm-hmm. I like the sort of introducing of this little group of people that get you know started being led by this great commander of corporal Styles mm-hmm. who is my new hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want to I, like. What was the line that he said? I wanted to bring in oop the spoot back. Getting it, know the what spout? that means? <laughs> <Get in laughs> <up> the <spout? laughs>
1: What's it about You know, you know, it's terrifying tank warfare.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. that like,
1: is terrifying.
0: And, and right away, like he, he makes the point to just go. We we can't build tanks, which is absolutely true. British and American Perfect. tanks sucked compared to the German tanks. I mean, we were ter- it was terrible. And he puts all this in there, which I really love that historical aspect of. Like you get the sense that Garth Ennis is a guy who's read a shit ton of World War Two books. You know, just oh, I mean, you don't you don't get the sense you know it. it's true. Yeah. He said yeah, it's true. he loves he, this. He's a World War II buff. He knows this stuff. But, yeah, I
1: mean, it's just like getting burned alive in the tank or this shell punching into the, the tank. Paddling, shell. Battling around and destroying everyone and turning into red mist. It was just like, I don't you know I've never, get I've board. never
2: seen that. I've never seen that in a movie. I've never seen it done so well of actually what it might be like to have a ricocheting shell inside of a tank. Like that blew me away. This Actually, his art reminded me of Dylan a lot.
0: Well, this is Escara, and he's worked with Ennis a lot in the past. He did... I think he Just a pilgrim.
2: Did, yeah, he did um, He did Just
0: a Pilgrim, but he also did the Saint of Killers miniseries in the middle of uh, it's his book four of Preacher. I think he did that one as well. Great, great technical art, I think, when you look at the tanks and the way that the different machines work and things like that. This was just a an enjoyable, uh, good time, just like
2: the other ones, but it's a different story. It's a, it's a different type of story. I love the waving Nazi, too. <laughs> 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 uh, it's good, interesting good because my comic book shop actually ran out of this issue, and he said that he's been having a hard time keeping the Battlefield stuff in stock, which is actually – I was really happy to hear about. I can't imagine that's
0: typical. well,
2: I mean, we've been – I think we've talked – you guys have talked about these books almost every single one that has come out. So maybe, we, maybe you're doing some good. Well, They've
0: been great. And the, you know, the other side of it being that Connor and I specifically are very biased. We love these kinds of books. Yes. And as long yeah. as they keep coming out of this kind of quality, like, every time they come out, it's exciting. It's like, Yee! And then he went from, like, one, you wait two weeks, right to the next one. Yep. yep. Oh.
1: Dark Reign Cabal was a one-shot that told a bunch of different short stories, which were related to the Cabal from Dark Reign, which is the secret group of evildoers from Dr. Doom and Loki and The Hood and Norman Osborn. And it was, it was a way to just embellish their characters a bit and written by Jonathan Hickman and Matt Fraction and Kieran Gillen and Pete Milligan. And it was worth noting for me for the Doom story written by Hickman, which was fantastic. And it was basically Doom's fantasy about how this whole thing is going to play out, and how he destroys the entire group. And he has Emma Frost and Loki as his concubines. And it was just a, it was a great, great, great look inside Doom's head. And Hickman seems really tuned into this Fantastic Four group of characters, and especially Doom. And I was laughing out loud because it was just like, you know, what does Doom think about? Doom thinks about destroying everyone, even the people he's working with at all times. And it was a, it was a funny sort of. And it, and it took you a couple of pages to figure out that this was actually his fantasy and not actually happening. And it was a really nice tale. The other tales were good, too. Everything was good. It was a nice, solid one-shot that gave you a look at these characters. But the Doom story had me laughing and had great art. And it was just a really funny look inside Doom's head, which is always an interesting place to go if there's a good writer.
0: It seems like they're doing these kind of things a lot, which I have historically avoided because they're historically not very good. But I guess this one was good.
1: They're, they put better guys on it. That's their, the, what they've done now. Is they've put, they realize they can't just fop it off on anybody and have it sell they have to put quality people on
0: it yeah the downside of that though is it's really harder it's it harder for people to break in because that's where you used to. T- they used to test people out right well the door's closed didn't we talk about this last yeah, the time doors closed you're screwed you better you better <laughs> learn how to juggle or something
1: <laughs> the one release i was most really looking forward to but also the most weary of was sherlock holmes number one from dynamite written by leah moore who was i think alan moore's daughter right yes and john repion her husband Yep, and art by Aaron Campbell. And Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite fictional characters. If I had to make a list of top ten fictional characters, he would definitely be in it. I've read all of the Conan Doyle stories. I've watched hours and hours of the Masterpiece Theater m- movies, and I love Jeremy Brett. So I was really looking forward to this, and I really, really enjoyed this. This was a nice opening. Did anybody else read this, or was it oh, all? What, wow. what, what a
2: great, great surprise! No, I, I picked it up, and I got to say, I thought the coloring was really, really nice. Just the the first couple of pages uh... really set the tone, and I thought the writing was—it really felt like a Sherlock Holmes tale. And I, I thought the reversal at the end—I was re- I was really surprised how much I liked this book. To be honest, I I always I love Sherlock Holmes. I've not never read the books, but I've always watched the series, like you, you had you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: <laughs> I really like Philadelphia Eagles. Never watched a game. Yeah, but <laughs> never watched a
2: game. But I uh, appreciate the uh, costume, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the and that ball that they they throw. The pictures look good. The costume like um, the costumes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm to
1: so so here. Don't get um, married, man.
2: You, you never <laughs> want
1: Basically, the story. Of this is you know, there's a sort of standard mystery in the beginning where someone asks Holmes for help. He's been threatened with murder. He's going to be. He's got a letter saying he's going to be murdered this on this date at this time. So the cops are all in his house, and Holmes and Watson are there. And basically, what you get is a locked door mystery, and, and it, the twist is that Holmes is locked in the room with a dead guy and a, and a smoking gun, and he doesn't know what happened. So now, the only logical conclusion is that Holmes shot this guy, and now That's great. Holmes has been arrested. So now he's got to figure out from jail how he was set up and why he doesn't remember what happened. And it was a really nice twist. Holmes is not in the power position now; he's, he's going to be behind bars. And it was really, really strong, really nice a twist. I got to the I was like, "Oh, interesting." Totally. It's and,
2: rare when Sherlock Holmes says, "I don't know."
1: Yeah, he said, he said I, what is the line? I, I don't know uh, what to do. And that's something you don't ever hear him say, which is nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, really cinematically drawn. I thought the pacing was really nice. I I, I will keep reading this. The only I, thing I, was, I, I wasn't planning on reading it, but I liked it. The
1: only thing they have to do is they have to avoid the dynamite problem, which is, is after the first couple of issues, the lateness really kicks in. That's a problem that Zoro and Lone Ranger both had, and I've ended up moving the trades on them simply because it's been taking forever for the issues to come out. So Yeah, same here. Hopefully
0: they, they won't go that route. Different people. I mean, the Garth Ennis books have come out like clockwork, so you never. I
1: know no, no, just these these licensed books, particularly it's sort of like this family of licensed books, um, and they're all different. In, I gotta you know. tell
0: you, I I saw the Cassidy cover. Yeah. It's starting to get to me that every book from Dynamite has a Cassidy cover because I can't make any
2: judgments on what the book looks like. I literally was going to ask that. Is does is just the Dynamite only have Cassidy do their covers? Yeah. It's it's kind of funny. Let somebody else get some work in, you know.
0: I, I am a little over it. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like okay I, I want to know what else can because I don't ha, you know I don't get any sense that any of these books are any different from one another I guess because the covers are all
2: related mm-hmm. if that means anything to you but that's a marketing thing I probably sell more so, by having him do it I always feel like the interior artist should get a shot you know I mean he's working so hard on those pages and he's going to know the essence of the story better than some other artist
1: right but that's well, how they sell the
0: books they sell them on yeah. The
1: Cassidy's artwork. He's basically he's wrapped him up. He doesn't do anything else but these covers. So if you want his artwork, you have to buy them. That's that's their business model. Which okay. likely
0: they're not stuffing him with crap. That's true. I suppose. Green Lantern number forty, more preluding of Dark Knight. This is the Agent Orange storyline.
2: How long is this prelude, man?
0: Okay, listen. It's it, been preluding for half a year. It's fine. Listen, we talked about <laughs> this last week or last time one of these issues came out, and Connor and I I kind of agree with you at the time that you're ready to get on with it. I think I've had a slight change of opinion in the fact that the more that I think about it, and the, I, I like the long-form, deep storytelling. Totally. And I, th- I think that sometimes the impatience gets to me, but if I had to choose, as long as I'm not feeling like each, each issue isn't going anywhere, I enjoy it. So, like, this issue, for example, I understand now what the deal is with Agent Orange, which I don't think I did in the last one.
2: Can you tell it to me, please?
0: Yeah, it's, really, it's sort of <laughs> interesting. There's only one, and what he does is he absorbs other people and other things, so like if a, a lantern of any stripe goes in there, he absorbs them and it like takes on their essence, and then he makes an an orange light colored construct that is what is left of that person to serve in part of his core. But there's only one it's Lafles he's the the orange lantern, and he's greed, so all you know he, there's only one of them, and everything else is his, and he owns them, so he's it's his deal to like take up all of the power and I think that that I don't know, it worked for me. I really liked it. It's different. I, I like that each of the lanterns, instead of just having the same power but a different color, uh right. each each lantern has a different manifestation of that power, I guess.
2: I was confused because issue number thirty nine, mm-hmm. it was just straight up blackest night. Yeah. And then forty, it was we're back to prelude to blackest night. So I thought I thought That's... we were actually in the story. No I, no I'm no, Blackest saying... Night starts with zero. It's we're still we're preluding. We're preluding yeah, now. Okay, so that must have been a misprint in the last issue. What did you guys think of Philip Tam's art? I don't like it. I can deal <laughs> with it. I, it I, it's I not my favorite. In 2009,
0: worked?
1: Josh has decided art doesn't matter anymore. He's... No,
0: I do. I, I, don't, I don't mind it so much. <laughs> it kind of worked. I really think that the green-blue Hal Jordan is interesting, and this has like this big sort of sweeping cosmic-y feel. It's not my favorite style, but I haven't had a problem with it. There was a couple of issues that he did of um, the crisis. Right, Revelations, and I th- and it was really muddy and not good, but I, I haven't minded this as much as I thought I would because I didn't, I didn't like those issues that he did before. Now, who are the controllers? They are the the sort of other. They were they were like a rival guardians. They are the ones who came up with the manhunters. All um, oh, right, that's the right. Guardians yeah. that came up with the manhunters. Oh right, right. But they took them over, I think, or so. They they were the ones who controlled the manhunters. They wanted to have their own sort of core. Because um, I
2: was I was with the book, and I, but that whole sequence when that battle started happening, I actually had some storytelling problems. I couldn't figure out who was who and who was being eaten. I, and getting absorbed.
0: Yeah, you know what, I and I understand that. I didn't get lost, and I guess that's what I, at the end, I was like, hey, I didn't get lost. I got it.
2: So that I was kind of impressed
0: by that, because it would have been really easy for me to do that. But I think with less, like, if you were less, you know, knowledgeable about what this stuff is, it could have been a little loss-inducing, I suppose.
1: I liked it. Yeah. Well, it's not all about our opinion. You can also tell us your opinion, and we can talk about it on the show here. So if you go to ifanboy.com, you can make your pull list on Monday, and you can rate and review your books when they come out on Wednesday. And you can write reviews, and we like to pick some and read them on the show here. The first one's from Super Chuck, who reviews Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds. Number four, he gave the story a four out of five. The art a five out of five. And 54.3% of the iFanboy users made this their pick of the week, which was the number one pick of the week book this week. And uh, Super Chuck says... If Morrison is writing tomorrow comics, Jeff Johns is very much writing yesterday's future comics, today. Uh. There's really nothing postmodern, fractured, twisted, or bizarre about this story, but it's a good old romp in the world of the Legion of Superheroes. The only thing that can get confusing is the number of heroes, especially since three of the most common versions of the Legion have converged here to battle Superboy Prime, and it's Legion of Supervillains, which makes for some fun moments like the arguing among the three Brainiac Fives. It also makes for a great showcase for the talented George Perez, who is doing a, as good a job as ever. He's a master at fitting in a huge number of characters into very small panels. He's also great at showing action, moving story forward, and clean, bright faces. Clearly, this is a project that Perez loves, and he's pouring energy onto these pages. And I would agree, this was this was a great issue. I liked the first one. I didn't like the second one. I liked the third one a lot, and I liked the fourth one the best. It's been an interesting series so far.
0: It's the Jeff Johns trifecta week.
1: Right. This is the series that... It's called Final Crisis. It's undercover, but it's really got nothing to do with Final Crisis. And it's really about the Legion, and it's really about Jeff Johns bringing back some characters who were dead before. Like last issue was Bart Allen, and this issue was another big dead character, who I don't want to necessarily spoil, but yeah, I think about it. it's not too hard to figure out who's back.
0: There were there were a lot of big reveals at the end of this one, and so so that will make some people happy and some people not, but it will provoke discussion and invite more stories, I suppose.
2: I've been enjoying this. I used to read Legion as a kid, and I had forgotten pretty much all of this stuff after college. But uh, it's been fun to sort of return to these characters again, even though I admit it does get kind of confusing. But I I like it.
0: Changing Shades talked about Avengers
2: Invaders number 10. Yes, they're still
0: publishing it. No, it's apparently not over yet. He gave the story wow. a 1 out of 5 and the art a 1 out of 5. That's not a high review. And, and in keeping, uh, the user pick-of-the-week percentage was 0.000. 000. <laughs> This is not my words, these are his. Trite, mediocre, bland. So, so many ways to describe this series, and so few of them feel adequate. This book has gone from tolerable to, I'm only picking this up because I've spent $30 on it already, and I'll be damned if I don't see how it ends. I know they're trying to have these hot, damn, that was cool moments, but no one under the age of 50 does that for the Howling Commandos. The deaths of the British heroes would have meant more if there was any chance that this series isn't going to negate everything that happened, and the grunt learns a valuable lesson. That's the big problem. There's absolutely no dramatic tension. None, unless we're currently living in a Nazi-run state. Marvel will probably not make that the status quo. The art is so bland, it is painful. Wow. I would disagree. The Halle Commandos are cool. But other than that, I dropped this book
1: three issues in. I saw the, I saw where this was I read the first try one. not going. Trite mediocre bland is a pretty much a good way to describe the series. So I, I saw that I saw the two or three issues in, and I was out the door. I don't even think I made it three. I think I made it two, and then I was out the door.
0: I read the first one, and to be honest, you know, like on paper, an Avengers Invaders book sounds like something I would be very much interested in. But so
1: you put Invaders in the title, I will buy the first issue. Yeah, that's
0: the way it works. Um, but it, it wasn't. It, it's. I don't want to say it's an Alex Ross thing. But he, he has a big crutch of nostalgia in a lot of stuff that he does, and that crutch leans heavier than its story and characters seem to.
1: I don't think that's the reason. I think it's, it's, okay. a, it's all about the co-writer,
0: because it worked fine in Kingdom Come.
1: This is more like Earth-X, where mm-hmm. it, that was also very bl- mediocre and bland, and it's just depending on who's writing his ideas, who's fleshing his ideas out. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, that was the thing that worried me when it first came out, was the same team from that book. I was like, oh, right. so... I also I also like Steven Sadowski in art. I wouldn't say he's a one or bland. He's just a very standard superhero artist who gets the job done and not he just doesn't draw badly. It's just he actually drew JSA with John. Yes. He was Johns' artist in JSA. I really liked it then For a long too. Long time.
0: Yep. You can get yourself over to Netflix. There's over 100,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping both ways. they got the Blu-ray titles if you have that capability. Very fast delivery. Most of the stuff will arrive to you within a day. And you can get plans starting for $4.99. And you can get a free two-week trial at Netflix.com slash iFanboy. It is a cornerstone of my media existence. That's what I I watch. defeated Gettysburg. Woo! Oh, nice work. Well done. Defeat. Well done. One Friday night, I just
1: said, "Fuck it, I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to sit here for six hours and watch this damn movie. Was it good? It was clearly a TV movie that was upgraded to to film release, but it was was good.
0: Hey, (laughs) let's not forget that the 20th Maine and Joshua Chamberlain are the reason that the union stayed together. Yes, Josh, from Maine. All right, email time.
1: Dave G. writes and says, What kind of impact will digital comics, whenever they arrive, have on a comic book convention? Both of the small and large varieties. Is buying paper comics essential for con enjoyment or is it the comedic joy of watching a stormtrooper figure out how to go to the bathroom? I guess we will always have trades and OGNs to pick up, but what will fill quarter boxes? Thanks in advance for your insight. And then there's a second question. Let's do the first one.
0: (laughs) No, it won't make any impact impact at all. all. No, most of those quarter boxes are full of stuff that's 10 years old or more anyway.
1: I don't back see back a lot of go. new comic buying at conventions. There's some. Obviously, there's some. It's there. But for the most part, it's old stuff, and it's trades, and it's toys, yeah. and, it's, it's, bigger and it's, the pa- it's the panels, and it's sketches, and it's it's yeah. almost the, the buying of the comics in the spe- is so small, and the buying of the new comics is a smaller part of the comics. So it's such a small percentage of what happens at the con now.
2: It's actually <laughs> kind of hard to find new comics at the con.
0: It is. Yeah. Yes. You don't really get a good deal on them, so there's not really much benefit no. to buying them there and then lugging them around. And it's about meeting people. It's about companies doing business and, and, and seeing things and buying original artwork and, and looking at all that stuff, it's so much more than, than the issues that come out every week. So, n- no, no, none, almost.
1: All right. The second question <laughs> is, has Connor had a chance to watch any Brave and the Bold cartoon? What I have seen of it, I think it has done some really interesting, fun stuff with all sorts of DC characters, particularly teaming Batman up with a heroic Joker from another Earth. I watched a lot of it, and then it disappeared. I had it on my DVR and it just stopped recording at some point. I don't know what happened, but I didn't really care enough to investigate. But I liked it. It was all right. I sort of had it on in the background while I did other stuff. And depending on how good the episode was, I was how much I paid attention to it. There were some interesting things. The fantastic Aquaman, who was like the, the most vain man on the planet, which was a nice, interesting characterization of him, and he was very funny. And the most interesting thing is they'd use a lot of obscure characters, which you wouldn't think, like Bawana Beast and. Gentleman Ghost and stuff, but other than that, it was, it was okay.
0: The animation was fantastic.
2: Gentleman Ghost, that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs>
0: Next up, Gentleman. Glenn from Texas has a question, probing into our darkest secrets. Action figures, who collects them? Where do you get them? Do you favor buying them from the internet or using your LCS? Do you just grab whatever catches your eyes, or are you collecting all from a series? I don't know. Uh, it sounds like somebody wants to be validated. I'm kidding.
1: Yeah. I think my, my action figure collecting gene was eradicated in 1999 by The Phantom Menace and all those figures I bought and then realizing I didn't want them or have any place to put them and spent a lot of money on them. I still have toys, and it's funny, the email came in, I thought about it, I was like, I don't buy toys, and I looked around my office room, I was like, oh, there are toys everywhere. So, well, not everywhere, but they're they're, they're all over the room. So, I buy some, or I get some, I get some sent to me, I get randomly accumulate toys, and the only ones I've actually collected were the Dark Knight set, that was only five figures, and I bought five of the New Frontier set out of uh, probably about half the ones that came out. I bought the ones I liked. But other than that, I don't really buy toys. I have a Mighty I, monk.
0: I went through a period in my early 20s where I first had a job and my own place to live, and I overdid it. And I was not a completist. I would buy stuff that was neat. You know, I was like, oh, that's neat. I can't believe they made a toy of that or stuff that was cool. And then after a while, I realized I had so much stuff just everywhere, it started to freak me out. And so my, my standards for what I will buy have gone way, way, way down. I don't have a completest gene, so I. Until, the only the last time I did it again was episode one. No, your standards went up. Yeah, that's what I mean. They went went way up for like like. Do I really want to have this around for a long period of time? Do I really like this, or do I just want to play with it for a couple of minutes and then put it away and never think about it again?
2: Totally, um, it's like I come close to buying. I mean, I, I go, oh, that would be great, but then I think about actually giving money for it, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, that don't really. It, just, it doesn't, it's and, plastic. And,
0: like an action figure is like, they're really expensive now. Yeah. Like you're like 15, 20 bucks. You know, like you really have to want it. Like, you know, like that Watchmen figures came out. And I was kind of like, right. well, if it's good, I, I, maybe I'll get a, a Rorschach figure. But in my mind, like, I really would want a Rorschach figure that's based on the comic book and not the movie. Like I want it to be that really essential thing. Like, I have my Mighty Mug Captain America. Now, there are a million others that I've looked at and thought about getting, this is the only one I have, and it's the only one I'm, ge- I'm going to have for now. Unless they come out with a Hawkeye one. Uh, oh, unless they come out with a Hawkeye one. I've thought about four, He's not available currently. No, <laughs> I get a Hawkeye one in a second.
1: Yeah, I, I, mean, I have nothing against toys. I just certain, oh, I don't, no. don't want to be inundated with them. And I like having two shelves with, with ten toys on them, and I'm good with that. Yeah. So if you want to send us an email, email us at contact@fanboy.com. You can write about anything. We'll talk about the show here or maybe on the video show. We have some voicemail real quickly. The first voicemail has a question about the show.
2: Hey, Fanboy, this is Don Bond calling from Pennsylvania. I want to say a uh, great job. <clears throat> and I was wondering if you could name the songs you use in your podcast and possibly name any good old Avenger stories with decent artwork. Thank you. Bye.
0: You know, see, at first I thought he just didn't know to go check the entry for every single podcast we've ever done on iFanboy.com. And now I see it's, it's really more of a challenge. He said, can you name the songs? so we don't have a lot of time yet but I think right now I'm going to try to name from memory every song we've ever used from 182
1: episodes yeah
0: go it was a December song (laughs) Um,
1: Don you can find every song we've ever used on any show going to fmboy.com on any individual show page under the show notes there's a listing for the music that we use every single show from back to number one all the special edition shows well maybe not those but all the regular Pow shows you can find them all on fmbo.com. If you were to, go like, go to the uh, site
0: and type in podcast 182, you'll go to that page. And, and there'll be a, there's even a handy link on where to get that music or what album it's from. We go the extra mile, always have. Good of old Avengers stories. First thing that leaves to mind is the old Kurt Busiek, George Perez stuff from the uh, late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Where's my fucking omnibus of that? Yeah. I would Indeed. buy that in a second. The, that was a great run.
0: Yeah, it doesn't take much to get you to buy an oversized hardcover trade, though. Yeah, but
1: that one I would <laughs> buy, <laughs> and put it on top of the six others on my stack. Oh, I have a problem.
0: I mean, you can you know what you can get is there's a couple of the John Byrne stories from West Coast Avengers that have been put in the trades. Those are those are what I would call decent art, definitely. Those are kind of the things that leap to mind.
1: I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to it's to categorize decent art. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like but- I love all those. I don't know, Josh does too. All those late 80s early 90s stories were it was like ron friends on art and yeah
0: but those were good books
1: those are great stories but i don't know if you would think that was good art you know it's 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 very old school so it depends on what you think but if you were if you want good stories those old avengers from that period of time where you know right. captain america was the captain and thor right. and 300 yeah
0: good stuff oh, That's a really good story dr back. druid
1: namor <laughs> she hulk moon dragon and the black not, knight
0: moon dragon not yet a lesbian
2: <laughs> um,
1: All right, our next voicemail has a plea for everyone
2: hey this is Craig calling you from Cincinnati uh, yeah I got my membership pack yesterday and uh, it rules I love the random comic book the buttons stickers awesome um, and if you want to play this on the show let me just encourage everybody out there you know become a member you know these dudes put a lot of effort into this content and uh, so yeah let's keep it, keep it hype for them so uh, yep good job love the show later
0: well, well, thank you, Craig. The reason that he got his pack is because we finished sending out most of the member packs now. I think everything you know, up to a certain point, of except for the people who've joined very recently, should have gotten their stuff, or if they haven't, they will soon, unless you're in another country, and then we sent it off. So who knows if it'll ever get to you. Because-
1: Everybody who signed up for membership before Monday before the show came out got their packs in the mail, and most people got them if you're in the U.S. People in the international takes a lot longer, but everyone's in the mail. So if you
0: signed up and you hadn't gotten it yet, we are on first name basis with the people at, at Connor's local post office. I can tell you that much. And and, and, and of us, I want to. Oh, you guys back? The people Two behind big us. boxes. <laughs> um, he's not wrong about the the membership, though. We really, really appreciate that. We appreciate it, Craig and everybody else. Like, and I'm going through the envelopes. I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, my God, you people actually all donated, you know, your own money to help us do this show and it's like extremely touching like I got this big stack of envelopes and you know 60, 70, 80 people at a time I'm just thinking wow you really that's that's such a big deal but I don't want that to make it sound like we don't still need more stuff I started it's funny I started off the beginning of the show with a bad Ira Glass impersonation but you know we do still need help you get you know you're literally the members are the people keeping the lights on and you know and it'll go to a certain extent and, and we appreciate that but we need more members we need more people to help you know th- we're not just putting icing on the cake at this point I suppose it's definitely something that's important so if you want to help support the show and and keep things going in the way that you are accustomed to if you like the stuff that's going on on the site and the podcast video shows and all of that stuff the best way besides checking out the sponsors and making sure you do that is to become an iFanboy member the way that you do that is you go to com slash store and you'll see different ways that you can do that there's a there's two levels either four dollars a month or forty two dollars a year and that'll get you a prize pack which is a a sticker, some buttons, and, and a random comic book, or the, or the $10 a year, $100 a month, and when you get the iFanboy membership t-shirt as, as part of that. We try to get the stuff out as soon as we can, but there is a bit of a delay on some of that stuff. But you are doing it to help support us. Also, you know, you've probably noticed we've been giving out prizes like mad. In fact, we have even more to give out very soon. We have one member just got an original page of, of Mike Allred art, so, I mean, that's awesome. What, you know, you didn't have to do anything but just sign up. So, you know, the main reason to do it is if you want to help things out and you feel like you want to take part of it and, and have a hand in keeping things going, we really very much appreciate that, and uh, thank you. If you have more voicemails and you want to send them in, that's 888-FANBOYS, which is three two six two six nine seven. Yes, also, uh, just all in, 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 talking about content this week, the uh, Wolverine show came out, the Wolverine movie, and we did a show, so th- I, my sentence was not untrue. Special edition <laughs> podcast with me... Connor and Ron talking about the X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's right below this fun on the feed, so if you're listening here and you haven't heard it, just check back on
1: your aggregator. It's be right below this show, or you can go to iFambo.com and stream it directly, or download it directly, but the special edition X-Men Origins Wolverine show is available right below this one. Mm-hmm. And next week is Star Trek, with the big J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek coming out. And if you're planning on going... It would really help us out if you want to buy your tickets through FMboy.com. There's Fandago banners on FMboy. If you want to purchase your tickets, pre-order them now or on the day of or whenever. It would really help us out if you go through the Fandago banners on FMboy.com. And next week, you can look forward to a special edition show on that. Josh, Ron, and I saw it already. And we're going to record one soon. And we'll probably be out on the day of the release. So check on Friday or the weekend. And you can hear that show after you've seen the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Check out ifanboy.com for the Pickle of the Week review and more in-depth comic book discussion and all the important news and discussion topics that we decide to throw up on the website. Look at iFamboy.com about to see the social networking links. And while you're there, go to ifanboy.com store and ifanboy.com slash Amazon. I just replaced my bookmarks with those links. Um, it's really easy, so do check it out.
0: You can get the new iFanboy limited edition shirt. You can pre-order that. The Power Responsibility shirt, which may have something to do with another character. We're not sure. It's kind of a complete coincidence. But you can check that out at the store. You can get it in red or blue, depending on what sort of a season you are. I'm a winter So I went with blue, and if you missed out on the on the Herm shirt, which I I wore mine yesterday, you can actually I'm wearing it right now, which means I didn't change. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Send those are all sold out, but if you want one, make sure you send us in an email, and we're trying to see if it's worth ordering more.
1: Yeah, so write an email with Herm in the in the subject line to contact@iFanboy.com. Tell us your size and your cut, if you're male or female, and and we're keeping a list to see the
0: cut of your jib. Uh, yeah. Also, you can get the uh, the classic, as I call it, the iFanboy Intern T-Shirt shirt at Revision3.com slash store. Those are
2: $15.99, and they're quite fetching. Don't forget the video show every Wednesday, Revision3.com slash iFanboy or on iFanboy.com or on TiVo. This past week, they, the guys did a great show. I thought it was a good show on Wolverine. And this week, it's all about the big, oversized books about comic books, hmm. which there are a lot of. So
0: <laughs> There are a yeah, lot
1: better you wouldn't think they are but they are
0: um you can uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy if you want to send us an email for a question on the show or on the website and you can leave a voicemail as we said at 888 fanboys which is 3262697 with anything you want keep it short let us know who you are and where you're calling from because that context is nice that's why and
1: finally if you like the show you can leave us a review on itunes it's it's good for the show it helps people find it we really appreciate it everyone who does that and Thank you for this show and for the video show. And even better than that is to tell your friends, tell your comic book buddies, tell the guy at your store, tell the guy you bought your Captain America Mighty Mug from, tell your mom. Spread the word. We really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank God we're going to have Ron back. Oh, he's still here. <laughs>
1: Mike is still on the line.
2: Uh. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've, I've been getting very, very anguished text messages from Ron on the
0: boat. Oh, really? Oh, they have? Oh. Apparently he's not There's- that far away. <laughs>
1: yeah, bro. Well, it was, it was last night when he just left, so it could have been... Uh, He's still when sending he just... them, but they're not going anywhere right now. Like I'm going to get send. 25 all in a row when he gets back into the zone. I mean,
2: is, does he, is he going somewhere, or is there just go going away. in the middle of the ocean and coming back? Yes.
1: They go in a circle. It goes <laughs> out. They, go, they do a whole perfect storm thing. They ride up a big
0: wave, and then they come back. It's a monumental waste of fuel. Is there a water slide?
2: I Because, like, also. for me... Well, it's raining,
0: so... Any oh sort God. of slide. You really want <laughs> things to be more slippery on the deck of a giant boat? No point. Maybe, maybe tend, they tend to just leave
1: you too. You ever see those stories that people just go overboard and just like, oh well. There's
0: a oh, bunch well. of other people here, and we have a buffet to serve.
1: Operating costs and such.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper to just pay off the lawsuit. I'm Connor. Anyway, yeah, I'm Mike, and I am Josh Flanagan. Was that an hourglass
2: hour thing too? No, Does he look, say it that way? No. Oh.
0: I was like stopped And I was like I'll say more
2: I was gonna say bye bye You just did I'll say it Bye bye You knew my ideas When they were in my head They were my secret evening plans Wine getting bed Then more than again Wine getting bed Then more than again run, run 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 To make a heart shake Kiss 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 We'll make this earth play I'm gonna get What I'm willing to take This got to work The miles you made Come back I'll warm you up Make me breakfast Don't make it up You are so tough Let's make the dimension that's in my phone.